online at crossculture.church. From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Crosswalk, a weekly sermon podcast from the pulpit of Cross Culture Church. Thank you for joining us. Now here's this week's message from Cross Culture Church. Welcome to Cross Culture Church today. It is, uh, I hope you've had a good week. Everybody's had a good week? Amen, amen. Looks like a few people at least have had a good week. I've had not only a good week, I've had a busy week. A busy week serving the Lord and, and being before Him this week. And what a, what a, a blessing it has been uh, to be able to do so. I want to start a new series starting today. And that is uh, uh, the experience of the presence of the Lord. I want to start a new, uh, new series, Experiencing the Presence of the Lord. How many of you have felt the presence of the Lord? How many of you long to be in the presence of the Lord? Do you know everybody can't answer it that way? Everybody can't answer it that way. There has long been a debate as to whether or not there is a God. There's long been a debate. In fact, that debate rages quite often along the lines of whether or not there was evolution or there was creation. So, I want to talk about the presence of the Lord. Um, and, And in doing so, I want to start with the premise that God exists. And again, that's because there's long been this debate as to whether or not God does exist and whether or not there was a God, whether or not there is a creator. Let me start here. I guess the place to start is probably at the beginning. What do you think? Let's go to Genesis Chapter 1, verse 1, if you have your Bibles with you, would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and for those who have come, Lord, to hear your word this morning. I pray, Father, that uh, you would bless us mightily with your presence here in this place. I pray, Father, that uh, you would speak the words to our hearts, Lord, that you would have us to hear and to know that you are real. I speak, pray, Father, that uh, you would reveal yourself in ways maybe that we don't expect. I pray, Father, that you would bless us. Open our minds, open our hearts, Lord, that we would receive what you have for us this day. It's in the name of your Son that I pray and that I give you thanks. Amen. If you got your Bibles, Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I said that that's been long debated. It's been long debated as to whether or not God really created. There are those who would say to you there was a big bang. There are those who would say to you that there's been evolution. And after this big bang, that... We are life forms that came out of matter from this big bang. That uh, there was this horrific explosion and from chaos, order was created. 
order was created. And so the things that we see today are things that many would say to you, or some have said, rather. Uh, It's far too many that say this, that that order came about as a result of that uh, big bang. In fact, they look around them and try to explain what we clearly can see in the Bible. They would tell you this. They would tell you that we were a natural evolution of apes. They will try to tell you that if God created, then science itself ought to prove it. Science is a matter of theories, and theories that uh, would be then either proven. And in most cases, the way you go about proving a theory is an attempt to disprove it. So long, uh, along the lines of, uh, uh, of science and scientific, uh, if you will, theorems, uh, then a, a theory is presented and then there is proof as to whether or not that theory holds up. And when you find that that theory does not hold up, that it's disproved, then apparently that theory doesn't hold weight. It's not valid. You still got your Bibles open, go with me to Genesis, the 26th chapter, and let me say this. Let me read there. Genesis 1, verse 26, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So man was created according to scriptures. The same man, if you will, is trying to prove his own existence. Can you imagine that? What's been created is trying to prove his own existence versus what's been given to us in Scripture. And why am I talking about this? Well, let me answer that question with uh, telling you just a little story. I, uh, my, my wife and I have had the privilege and the pleasure over the past few years to see our family members who live with us uh, or have lived with us or been with us, uh, Shelby and Marielle and Channing. And it was a delight for me to hear Channing answer a question that I would often ask her. Sometimes when just the two of us was alone and Marielle wasn't around and she loved her sister Marielle, I'd ask her, Channing, where's Marielle? Channing, where's Marielle? And the response was one of the true truths that Channing would say. And so I'd say to her, Channing, where's Marielle? And her response was this, I don't know. I don't know. And she would say, I don't know because Marielle was not present and in the room. I don't know. I don't know. 
this topic of the presence of the Lord, sometimes when we don't feel the presence of the Lord, maybe we don't know He's around. In fact, there have been times when not only did he, we uh, maybe don't feel like he's around when we don't know he's around us or don't think about the fact that God is around us. We do things sometimes that are not what we would do if we knew Jesus or God was standing there beside us. <laughs> I know I have. It's ironic we think sometimes that we can escape the presence of the Lord. It's ironic sometimes that we think we can do things and, and God doesn't see it or doesn't know what's going on, what's happening. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Let me get back to what I wanted to do here was to talk about the presence of the Lord. And I mentioned this uh, debate that has taken place. Evolutionists say there is no God. That we were that earth and all life forms are a result of this big explosion. Evolution would also say that not only is there is no God, there is no heaven and there is no earth, per se, as it is explained in the Bible. Now, they can see matter. They can see uh, the uh, cosmos, if you will. They can see the universe and they attempt to explain that or they attempt to ask the big questions. So philosophy would, be, uh, would uh, attempt to do this. Philosophy says, uh, or philosophers, if you would, would say, well, what is matter? How did matter get here? How do you know matter is real? How do you know what you're touching is real? Can you imagine? The philosophy seeks to answer some of those big questions. They take some of the details of the things that are and want to ask the big questions to, if you would, explain or try to get at what God has said and try to distort what is the truth. There was a, a couple of Educated men, I guess. They were uh, doctors or folks that had their Ph.D. And uh, a Dr. Provine on the campus of Stanford University said this. And here's his summary of implications. Got him up here on the screen behind me. His summary of, impl of implications for modern evolutionary uh, biology. He says, one... There are no gods and no purposive forces. Second, he also says, there's no life after death. See, if you don't believe in a God, then you probably don't believe in eternal life. Right? If you believe there's no God, you don't believe there is eternal life. What's the purpose of eternal life? There's no God. If I don't want to be with him forever, if I don't want to live with him forever, or know that he exists, then what would be the purpose then of eternal life? Third, there's no ultimate foundation for
for ethics. Oh boy. Now that's a big one. No ultimate foundation for ethics. Whatever's right for me, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, ought to be right. Whatever's right for you ought to be right for you. And so you see that when God created and created man in his own image, God had a plan. But because there are so many that don't want to accept God's plan, they want to explain that away. No ultimate foundation for ethics. Can you imagine what our world would be like without ethics, without morality, without some sense of order or moral values? It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. In fact, you can probably look around and see sometimes just that that's happened. You can see that in many ways with the way many people act. Also, there's no ultimate meaning in life. No ultimate meaning in life. Again, this is Dr. Uh, I believe his name is David Provine who debated another uh, a Christian apologetics on the campus of Stanford University. And he says there's no ultimate meaning of life. You live and you die. That's it. No purpose. No meaning. No value to life. You live and you die. That's it. I wish you could see that clip of him saying that. He went on even to boast about what happens when he dies. When he dies, that's it. He's going to be dead. He's not thinking anymore. He's not doing anything anymore. And in fact, what he said was, I'm going to be in hell, so I don't have to be in front of those preachers I saw on Sunday morning. What a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And as well, he also goes on to say this, there is no free will. There is no free will. How would you like to exist? No gods, no purpose of forces, no ultimate foundation for ethics, no ultimate meaning in life, and have no free will. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. <clears throat> On the other hand, let me tell you this. You go with me to Psalm 19, verse 1 through 4. Psalm 19. What a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. We went to Genesis and we said in the beginning God created. We went to Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. And while evolutionists try to explain how the world came about and how the world exists, God says this in His Word. He created and He showed us 
what He wanted for us and what He did. You know about the account of the Garden of Eden. You know about the account of Adam and Eve. And I won't go back that far to do that. I wanted to stick with just this debate of evolution versus creation. And then I want to tell you this. God has given us His book. He has given us His plan here and instructions to live. But we don't have to go seek the answers like evolutionists are. God gives us the answers right here. In fact, in this passage, Psalm 19, He reveals Himself and reveals His nature. Read with me if you would. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day they pour out speech. Night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, He has pitched a tent for the sun. Wow. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? God has given to us not only His Word, but in the earth, He's given that His creation would speak for itself. How do evolutionists get off so far? One is, I think they deny, they deny the existence of God. Why? Because they don't want to have purpose. They don't want for there to be righteousness in their lives. They want to do and they want to please themselves by following their own desires and desires of the flesh. That's what they want to do. So when God says He's created and the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. So let me tell you a little bit about the skies declaring the work of His hands. Have you looked up and gazed at the stars at night? Now, aside from what we say sometimes is a shooting star or one that's moving, are you afraid at night that the stars will fall and hit you? Are you? Are you afraid that the stars will fall down upon you? I'm not. When I gaze up and see the brightness of the stars and see and can tell where there is a moon and look for it. And look for the moon. I can see that there is order that has been created and placed up there. It doesn't appear to me that this all happened from a big bang and then for all of eternity there's going to be order. Quite honestly, if I believe that there was a big bang, I'd be waiting for the next one. I'd be waiting for the next one. 
Because if it was just a spontaneous event that took place, no reason, no purpose for that, chances are there's going to be another. Now again I ask, now why am I talking about that? For those of us who believe, we know that we're confronted sometimes. We're confronted with what we believe. Sometimes a co-worker asks, well, what do you believe? I saw you praying at lunchtime. I saw you bowing your head. And so tell me a little bit about yourself. Maybe tell me a little bit about your church. Maybe tell me a little bit about your God. What is it that you believe? Day after day pours out speech and night after night they communicate knowledge. They communicate knowledge. What do you get when you see the stars at night, the sun and the moon? Praise God. Romans 1. Verse 20 says this for us. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. I'd say to you that those who don't, want, who don't see, clearly see God's Divine design, his creation, his magnificence, and his wonder don't want to see that. And I'd say they don't want to see that because they don't want to live under the premise that God has created and that God has set order for our living and our living in this world. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes. Can you look around? Or have you, especially at this time of the year, gone outside and been outside when it's been cool and you said, Lord, thank you for the sunshine. Because of the warmth of that sunshine that might be on you for this time. Have you in looking at his creation at all, understood or began to see his eternal power. Do you wonder whether or not 7 o'clock tomorrow is going to be the same as it was 7 o'clock today? Do you wonder? Do you wonder if the sun is going to rise tomorrow as it did today? Do you wonder? Do you wonder how much God loved us enough to provide for us the way he does? There are some miraculous things that are out of, born out of creation. I got a chance to go on vacation uh, not long ago, and while I was on vacation, I decided, we decided to go, and a few of the uh, items that were on our bucket list, we got a chance to do, we got um, got a chance to get out on vacation. 
And one of the things that I wanted to see was the giant redwood trees. The giant redwood trees. And one of the facts about that particular tree is that at its magnificence and its height, it obviously takes a lot of water, but I had no idea how much water. A park ranger told me that a giant redwood tree dissipates 500 gallons of water a day. 500 gallons of water a day. Really? Evolution created that. Hmm. 500 gallons of water a day. That its height at 378 feet is about all that it could do to pump that kind of water from the roots of that tree all the way up to the top. Otherwise, it could grow more. Evolution they say, was the reason for our created order. I'd say to you that God is revealing himself in his divine power and his eternal power and then in his divine nature. In his divine nature. Let me say this as well. Take this as a note. Evolution tries to refute the existence of God. Creation seeks to reveal the nature of God. Evolution tries to refute or disprove the existence of God. And creation seeks to reveal the nature of God. God is awesome. Awesome in power. Awesome in love. Awesome in might. And we just but have to look at, one, his creation. But as well, his written word. Where he tells us how much he loves us. So much so, he created us in his image and in his likeness. Now, if you go with me to... Psalm 14. These are not my words. These are not my words. Don't get mad. Don't get mad with me. This is not my word. This is reading straight from the Bible. The fool says in his heart, God does not exist. The fool says in his heart that God does not exist. A fool says that because, literally, he wants to ignore what is actually truth. Evolution seeks to distort truth. God is truth. That is his nature, truth. And he reveals that truth through his creation. He reveals that to what you and I see on a day-to-day basis. He reveals that to what you and I experience in nature and experience day to day. And not only that, he, we, we know what God's nature is through experience one to another. How many of you feel like, or know, not just feel, but know that you have experienced one of God's miracles? Childbirth. One of God's miracles. 
childbirth. One of God's miracles. He said He created man and He asked us to, He created not only man, but He created uh, many other uh, things in this universe. And you could go back to the account, uh, Genesis 1-3, uh, Genesis 1-6, Genesis 1-9, and, and then God said, then God said, as He created, and you can see and know what those miracles happen to be. You can see and know what those miracles happen to be. And as you see those things, you get a sense of God's eternal power and His divine nature and how much that was meant for us. Here's what I'd say to those who don't believe that God exists and that God calls a fool. I'd say this, Acts 3.19, if you'd go there with me. Acts 3.19. Acts 3.19. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I told you this is going to be a series about the presence of the Lord. And we're going to start here with the presence of the Lord with at least establishing first and foremost that God does exist. Therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It is being in God's presence that we get a chance to feel Him. It's being in God's presence that we get a chance to know who He is and how much He loves us. It is being in God's presence where we get to understand and know that God had a plan. God created the heavens and the earth. And those of us who have hope and hope in the Lord understand and realize that there is a thing called eternal life. If I would read after uh, Genesis, after the account of man being created, you'd know that sin entered the world through the very first lie. The very first lie told. The very first lie of deception. When Satan appeared before Eve and he asked her the question, Know, about you know, what did God say? And, he, and her reply was that, well, we can eat of every tree in the garden, but we can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because God said, the day that we eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we shall surely die. And here comes the first deception, the first lie. You won't surely die. Oh, you, you won't surely die. That was the very first. And from that, evolution and all these other things that we know of today were all born out of that very first lie and deception. Instead of the magnificence, the perfection that was created in the Garden of Eden, a lie was told. Deception 
was given. And then the blame game started. The blame game started. And that blame game has led us now to not accept the responsibility of ourselves, of our own doing. Through that act in the garden, sin entered the world. And since then, we have been trying to explain it away. We have been trying to give it away. We have been trying to place it on someone else. And we've been trying to say that it doesn't even exist. That what I do is right. And right in my own eyes. Wow. God has a plan. And a plan of redemption. If He is, and since He is, an eternal God. Eternal power. And He shows us His divine nature. And he shows us his divine nature. God's got a plan. He's got a plan of redemption for you and I. He's got a plan of redemption that we would be able to live with him forever. God's got a plan. And that plan includes us through faith. Through faith, believing that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Hebrews 11.6 tells us this. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. If you're seeking the truth today and seeking to understand and to know what God has done versus what man has said. Can you believe that? What God has done versus what man has said. In fact, many times, I think it's been said, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Wow. If it's on the internet, it must be true. How bad is that? But God would not have you to be ignorant. He would not have you to be without knowledge. He would not have you to be without. God would not have you to be without knowing who He is and what He wants for you. If you would, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says this, But test everything. Hold fast what is good. Test everything. I believe we can test what it says with evolution, and I believe we can test what it says in God's Word. God created man. But God is not a man. And as such, God is not a man that he could lie. His word is true. And his word has always been true and always will be true. We can know and understand who God is by going to his word. 
we can experience the presence of the Lord and we can see and know and understand the presence of the Lord by what we see in all of creation as we read in Psalm 19. So I wanted to start this series out and I wanted to talk about this great debate, evolution versus creation. So we'd have an account of creation or of this uh, debate and establish the fact that God really does exist. And if God exists, He exists for you and I. He exists for those who are evolutionists as well. They just need to repent and understand and know and see the marvels, the wonders that God has created and created for them. But I wonder if there's someone here today who's had this question in their mind about whether or not God exists. And I wonder if anyone has doubted or possibly not even doubted, but decided, you know what? My mother told me God exists. She told me it was right to go to church and I'm here because someone else has said that. I'm here today because, well, I don't know what to believe. Or I believe what someone else has told me and I haven't searched the Scriptures for myself. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. If it's not good, don't hold it. If it's not good, don't keep it. If it's not good, don't believe it. Don't believe it. If it's not good. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Cross-Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church. Cross-Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. online at crossculture.church.